and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast I'll get around to it eventually. That that sounds like a good uh, good description. It's an excellent description. Um, <laughs> everybody, introduce yourselves. I'm too lazy to do this shit. I'm Dylan. Someone, someone. The nose breather is Chad. He's trying to say it in his nose breathy language, but. <laughs> So, so I'll so hear him. Oh. I'm a guy. Alright, Charlie. Good for you. Yay. Yep. Yay. You're <laughs> We're not rusty. Ben was living the bachelor life. Ben was I... living the bachelor life. Fuck you, you stream. Um, so yeah, you know, how long was MTAC? It's been like two months more? Two months plus? Two and a half? Yeah, about right. I didn't go, um, unfortunately. Uh, but then there was also Hamacon. And... Yep. Have we talked about Momocon either? We have not talked yeah. about Momocon. Momocon is in March. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we're we're definitely Pelican. Pelican. Yep. Um, uh, wasn't there another one in there, or is that all of them? Well, there's E3, although none of I us mean... actually went to that. Conventions yeah. we've actually attended, I think, are the. Uh... Uh, no, no, because I was going to talk about E3 in this one anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because, then... although it's all old news now, it's just going to be me bitching about Nintendo. Yeah, and then Seishun Con is coming up. We've not had it yet. And yes, Anime that is Southeast is next month. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've not. Uh, we've probably talked about all of these conventions at some point or another with the awesome, all the awesome cast. Yeah, I was about to say, go, go listen to it, but uh, you know, Basil doesn't <laughs> update his site either. So, oh dang, because then we could have just said end of podcast. Who do we want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, wow. would have been, that would have been amazing. Oh, this is like a placeholder pointing you to another podcast. That's <laughs> that's when we've given up. That's when everyone has given up. We gave up. Follow, long, we have a long damn time ago. Follow this link: http colon some slashes forward slash forward slash forward slash www dot basilentourage dot com slash sexy naked women. Slash white girl fun. Like, <laughs> Shout out to Sonny Strait and his band White Girl Fun. I was going to say, it just sounds like we're basically going to quote a, a 301 redirect, like HTTP header on the air, and surely that will work. <laughs> yeah, just, if you didn't catch it the first time, just Just, just click this. the podcast and just it'll take you straight to awesome cast. Yeah. No, but we are actually... Um, our, our update schedule is actually slightly better than Awesome Cast on some of these um, interviews and such. So, you know, we're all right. Oh, we well, can actually talk about these. Yay! So, do we want to start with Momocon? I guess. Well, I think... we could. Um, is there anything we? Which was, was Momocon before MTAC? Yeah, it was in order. Okay. Yes, it goes Momocon MTAC. Pelican and Hamacon. Neat. Okay, go for it. Um, I vaguely remember Momocon happening. It was a thing that happened. It was a thing that happened. I, I remember meeting Wendy Lee. We are journalists. Yes. 
we did we all... talk about that one on Awesome Cast? I, I don't remember which. I know. We I don't think so. Like, I, I think I barely saw Basil at MomoCon. Yeah, we did uh, Mtac, and I thought we we sat with him for one other, but I could be wrong. Uh, we did Mtac, and uh, we did a podcast with him at Hamacon. We we spent so much time with him at Hamacon. It seems like we did more interviews with him than we really did. Yes. Uh, but okay, so that's, that's another issue. Those are coming. So MomoCon, I lost. I don't know where my notes are. So I'm a Dylan. I, I tossed most of my actual panel notes. Uh, oh, I wrote you, down like the high points. You're but, a bad person. No, I mean I just I had all the information I needed, um, and you know I was I was taking notes as if we were going to do a whole episode, and we ended up you know giving Not. like a quarter of an episode. Um, this was the first year we went to MomoCon. Um, I think this was the first year they've actually moved it off the Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech campus. campus and into the Marriott Marquis, which is the it's one of the hotels that they use for Dragon Con, if you're familiar with that. And um, one of the awful, awful hotels. It I really I really do hate that like the layout for all three of those hotels. You get used for conventions. Like the, the problem yeah. with the marquee is every floor has a different layout, and you just have to like you have to memorize the order the floors are in, or you'll yeah. Because apparently it's too hard to number them. It's too hard to number them. the the floors that the that they use for conventions are like the international level, the atrium level, and I can't remember which is which. I just exactly no one else can either. Yeah, you know, forget forget numbers. You know. That's too arbitrary. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, you know, atrium, international, international, national, we... intercontinental, lobby, lobby one. Are we reviewing the hotel or are we reviewing the convention? The it's... hotel is part and parcel of the convention. We're reviewing the, the, the our hotel is obviously at the convention. The hotel is obviously not the convention's fault. You know, although I mean... they picked it, so it's kind of their fault. I feel like I, I think it gives them enough space to kind of grow and it, it's, yeah. I don't it's even good... think they're using that hotel next year, Dylan. I think they announced they're using like the Hilton or something, another one of the Dragon Con hotels. Huh. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like it, it's, I think it's a smart move to go there because they they definitely have the room to kind of. Uh... Well, that area, yeah, definitely. But I mean the ho- the hotel, I I wasn't too fond of but it was really one of those things where it was, that was mostly the first night the once i sort of got a feel for where stuff was i had a much easier time still wasn't as easy as it should have been but yeah but yeah once i, I yeah it just took a little while but i eventually got mostly used to it so and also um it was downtown uh, Atlanta, so I think we came away from that with like two awkward panhandler stories. So So that's a all-time record minimum. No, that's a that's a high for, for conventions. So. Oh, no, it's usually when you take me to downtown uh, Atlanta, it's in the middle of the night through bad parts of the town. Yeah, that's right. It's not panhandlers, it's murderers. That was one that... year at Dragon Con, and that's the last time you've been back to Dragon Con. Hard Gay. I think Hard Gay might yeah. have been their panhandling. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder at least you know he joked. Last time I went to Dragon Con. I wonder, I wonder if, there's, if there's any correlation. You tried to kill me. 
never mind that the the last few years we've actually been much much closer if not in the con hotel that's what you want to keep telling me so that i will eventually believe it and then you will take me there to get me murdered (laughs) it's called lulling me into a false sense of security and it ain't gonna happen (laughs) anyway the con itself um we have anything we want to talk about i've got a couple things but i was gonna kind of hold off since uh since it's the only thing i remember wendy lee was a nice lady yes what Um, about um the other guy that uh like you talked to for a while charlie oh yeah lucky yates was that his name name. yeah yeah he was i felt so bad too because i mean i um when i first I, i went through the line to get something, just get like the my program signed, and I kept thinking, he looks familiar. Not just sounds familiar, he looks familiar. And that bugged me for like a day, day and a half. Because I think he was there for, as a, um, as a guest. Archer. For Archer. Yeah. So. For Archer. And, um, and then it was when we were sitting down to dinner, I, I guess it was Saturday. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, man, I asked John if, if he could look it up, and he was a recurring uh, actor on Good Eats. And I was just, I was so mad at myself for not, because that's one of my favorite shows, and I can't believe it didn't immediately occur to me who he was. Well, he did a lot of different characters, though, so it wasn't like there was just the one. Good point, good point. Uh, but, so I had to go back and say, oh, man, I love you in that. Um and actually, he was hilarious because I don't know if, if anybody listening was at MomoCon, but um, like anybody's listening, but um, Fact. what he was what he was selling or what he and oh, who was the lady that was with him? Like instead of having like you know eight by tens or something to to sell and sign, she had semi-erotic mail postcards. <laughs> And he had, you could either, for like, it was either five or ten bucks, you could either get a comic book that he had read, or he had some construction paper and would draw a picture of anything you wanted. <laughs> so, I, oh I, I, went, I went for the sketch of anything, and what we ended up with through the conversation was, I have a sketch of Lucky Yates riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, why would you ask for anything else? Uh, you know, I think that might be my new thing. I'm just going to ask anybody that wants to do a sketch, can you just sketch me a picture of you riding a dinosaur? Naked. Well, he was a stick figure, so he could have been. He could have been naked, for all we know. You know, ask, ask him to, you know, them naked in an erotic pose riding a dinosaur. I like it. Uh, that may be my new thing. But yeah, he... Because then you're not just asking for them to draw a picture of themselves naked doing an erotic pose. It, you know, there's a dinosaur involved. That's so that makes it legitimate. That makes you're not it just asking, you're telling them? Well, yeah. You're paying them, aren't you? Um, <laughs> we know no, what he, they are, and now we're just tackling a prize. Exactly. He, no, he, and he was a super nice guy, though. Um, as was the lady whose name I have suddenly forgotten. And uh, got to meet uh, little Karibo was a guest. Yeah, he was. And he was a really nice guy too, actually. I was, and I was really happy to, to actually get a chance to meet him because 
I back when the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge series first came out, I watched quite a bit of it. Um and I enjoyed it. So that was actually kinda cool to to meet him. I didn't I, I met him briefly, but I didn't talk to him much because I've talked to him uh a couple of times because uh, the Kanaha Corner people have had him on and he's been oh, part yeah. of some of the, the Japan fundraisers and stuff, so I didn't I didn't go out of my way to talk to him too much, but yeah, he's he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I was uh, him. Him and uh, Purple Eyes is is another bridger. He wasn't at MomoCon, but he's again he's been someone else I've talked to through them. Cool. And he does like the Code Geass abridged and the One Piece abridged, which is the only One Piece thing that I like and will watch. Because <laughs> it has it, very little to do. With... It, well, it's just you know his his interpretation of Luffy is he has a angry Sean Connery voice, and it's it's a bad Sean Connery impression, but it's still funny as hell. Those those are the best Sean Connery impersonations are the worst. <laughs> yes. But and um. Oh, what else about the convention? The dealer's room actually was was pretty nice. I mean, they had a pretty good dealer's room, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. That was... And their guest list was was pretty superb because it really wasn't people you'd necessarily seen before. No, not in the... not in this area. I mean, if you live yeah. in L.A., then yeah, you, there's probably nobody oh, yeah. you've never seen before. But yeah. but around this area, that's I mean, those those I so yeah, major. Major respect to whoever booked the guests because they did an excellent job. It's probably Jessica because she does pretty much most everything for that convention. So it could be. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't be surprised because I don't think I, either she wasn't at MomoCon or she was so busy I just never saw. I her. saw her once, and that was that was. I wasn't even. I think that's when I was getting our media passes. I saw her talking to a staffer. I mean, it was that early in the convention that I think that was the only uh, time she wasn't, you know, uh, murdering uh, somebody in a hotel room or something like that. Oh, that does bring up the like the one because I think there were like two issues that I had at the convention, and that was one of them was the media passes. Yeah. That was the one where, because Dylan and I got there early, um, and when I and we had to, you had to get everybody had to go get their own media pass, and when I went to get mine, I was not on the list. Yeah, I think John, you'd submitted like four or five people, and we only had two down. And yeah, yeah, you and John were the only ones that were actually on the list, and I don't know what happened. Luckily, and 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 nobody seemed all that willing to help me on Friday night, but then Saturday, I think it was Saturday morning um, when I went back down and found the, the lady that was kind of in charge of registration. And I, and I maybe it was the reason they couldn't do anything Friday night because she wasn't around, but she was there um, Saturday morning and I explained it to her and she pretty well just took, I mean, they were out of the media badges, but luckily, you know, they kind of, took my word for it. Granted, I also had like the shirt with Chainsaw Buffet on it and but anyway. Yeah. Uh, she she was able to at least get us the passes, which was so I yeah. Um, and the the, the problem wasn't that that, that they didn't give us the passes, it was just that it was never really communicated, but Yeah. One of the great things they did was if you had a room at the Con Hotel, they would give you a free pass. So basically we got two free passes. 
Yeah. Um, that is actually a brilliant strategy. And I, I would imagine that's just to make sure they sell the, the yeah. room block. Right. I have to assume so. You know, this being their first year in the hotel. But yeah, that was... Um, but that's, was, I've never been to a convention that did that. And I got to say, I think that was pretty... I mean, I don't know if they're the first ones to have done it, but that, I thought that was pretty innovative. 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 It's a plan fiendishly clever in its intricacies. For the wrong emphasis on the wrong level. Indeed. Um, Anything else about Omicron? I it was actually pretty enjoyable. Other than the hotel and the the hotel layout and the the badge snafu, it was all around pretty enjoyable, though. Yeah. I feel like um, I think they're more of a multi-fandom convention than specifically an anime convention at this point. Um, well, like, I think I think they are anime, but they probably give a little more. Well, yeah, they a little more room to the other fandoms than maybe other anime conventions do. Yeah, because the uh, the panels I went to there was a um, there was a game design panel that they did, which was kind of a roundtable with. Um, one of the guys who'd worked on um, one of the Fading Suns games, I think another... I can't remember if it was the same guy. I, I need to actually pull up my notes. I should have, uh, you know, look at me being prepared. Yep. Um, and a guy who worked at... Um, a tattoo parlor. No. <laughs> Vacuum cleaner sales place. No, I think it was the same guy. He'd worked on one of the Fading Suns games. He'd worked on uh, some of the vampire games. Uh, the, Most the of games. the people from Holistic worked at, worked for White Wolf at one point or another. Okay. Like, the main guy was... Uh, Bill Bridges was the main writer, but I don't know how much he was involved with the video game. Yeah, well, the, the, the guy who did this was, um, like, he'd been involved in both pen and paper and video game design. and Yeah, most of the, again, that was, most of the staff <laughs> at Holistic used to wear a lot of hats. That should be your answer to, your, your response to everything Dylan says. <laughs> Regardless of what he's talking about, oh yeah, everybody at Holistic did that. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to be using that well into this podcast. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, they, there was uh, the food court. Oh, yeah, most of the staff at Holistic you know, worked in the food court at the AWA. <laughs> well, okay, anyway. Um, uh, it was a pretty cool panel. Um, you know, like I said, it was kind of a Q&A discussion. have pretty cool panels. Um, there was, let's see, they had a Photoshop and you, which was not just about Photoshop and photography. It was, it was about photoshopping yourself into things that you didn't attend, so it actually looks like you were there. It's great if you're trying to uh, throw out the cops. <laughs> it was specifically <laughs> about cosplay photography and, and you know, kind of um, the specific tools you can use. So, so it wasn't... Um, Soft filter. It was more uh, practice. Actually, that came up. Like, you know, an you airbrush, could... airbrush abs onto yourself when you're doing those really risque <laughs> cosplays that show a lot of skin. Well, no, no it was, you're not. Even if you're wearing something that covers you from head to toe, airbrush abs on everything. Right. That was kind of the point. Like you want to to make sure the picture is good enough that you don't have to do a lot of of tweaking because that's going to be obvious. But it was more a uh, 
practice than theory type of thing. Um, but I thought that was a really neat panel. I didn't know it was specifically about cosplay from the description, but um, tip tip about uh, you know Photoshop. Take a photo that's good enough to where you don't actually have to use Photoshop into panel. Well, no, no, that was part of the panel. Like, don't just take two photographs and and think you can magically fix it. Take like thirty, and out of that thirty, you will find two. So, um, wait, so you can stop at fifteen and get one, mathematically speaking. Yes. That's um, awesome. You know, most of the folks at Holistic, they take 15, so they can get one good one. So anyway, there was also a, uh, there was an I Hate Anime, or at least most of it, panel. Um, and that was, um, I think one of the guys who was like an animator on Squidbillies did that, that one. It was just, it, it was, it was the airing of the grievances. And this, I think, needs to happen at every anime convention. And, and maybe it already does, but basically, he just have people call out series that hate they hated, um, um, you know, tropes that they hated. And then a lot of times there was, you know, disagreement over what tropes were bad, such as too much fan service, not enough fan service. That's that's something very similar to what I did uh, on the Gambari fundraiser. Um, I did a, a segment on, I think it was Sunday or Saturday night or something like that. It was uh, Your Favorite Anime Sucks. Instead, instead of taking out shows that everybody hated, I picked out shows that, you know, I just waited for somebody to call it a show that they liked and told them mm. why it was terrible. Yeah, awesome. they did one of those panels at MTAC as well. This was more of a like right. people think, like because fandoms need more hate and vitriol. Well, it wasn't. They do. Wasn't, they, this they, coming they, from this coming from Chad, who is comprised <laughs> principally of hate, hate and vitriol. vitriol. It wasn't so much that. It was more like you know, I, I spe- especially I think considering you know some of the the genres of anime, cough cough moe that people have mixed feelings about. You kind of have to have like the panel where everyone can go and go like, I don't care what the fanboys say. The emperor has no clothes, you know, get it out of your system. And, uh, oh, do wait, the rest. It was, it was hilarious. And, um, I don't know. I wish I, if it was fresher on my mind, I would, I would have more to say, I think, but, uh, it was just a brilliant panel overall. Also, there was the uh, guy dressed up as medieval Batman. Yeah, um, I was in line with him for a while. He was in there, and then the the guy up on the panel decided to ask him uh, to say, um, you know, where are the drugs and the Christian Bale voice before he stepped down. And after that point, everyone who got up to say anything had to say, where are the drugs? Um, <laughs> best gimmick ever. More panels should do it. Um, you know, um, a lot of the staff at Holistic <laughs> randomly shout out, "Where are the drugs?" Oh, I actually think that was the um, that was the panel. He he actually did I think several people up to be panelists. Aww, we uh, love Chad. There were, I think, like, like I said, that was, there was one of them. As I remember, this this is a good example of of how pretty much anyone could say anything. And it wasn't an argument. It was just an airing of grievances that there was an animator up there that was going off on how poorly Evangelion was animated and how they couldn't watch it because of like, you know, the last two episodes. It was in 1995. Exactly. But the point is like, 
you know, they, they got it out there and, uh, you know, it, it was not a debate. It was an airing of grievances. But, um, that, that's, that's like saying, uh, that's like watching the original Dirty Parents saying, man, this animation looks old. Well, of course it's fucking old. It's from the 1980s. Well, I think the issue, the issue for her was, I think, how they spent the budget. And it was, it was, I think it was one of those things that unless you're in the industry, you don't care. But uh, that's, that's one of those things. And again, this is, this is coming from the guy who seen it, you know, in like 80,000 times, but you know, of course, the last two episodes were, were shitty. They ran out of money. They, this was, uh, I've made this comparison before. Evangelion was to Gainax what Final Fantasy was to Square Enix. The reason that, you know, for people who don't know that the series is called Final Fantasy was because that was the last thing that Square was ever going to do. Because they had made some games like Rad Racer and stuff that didn't sell well enough to keep the lights on. And if this game didn't perform astronomically well, they were not going to be in business anymore. And I don't know if it was quite as dire for Gynax, but it was fairly dire because Nadia did not... Nadia was an expensive venture for them, and it did not perform well. And mm. uh, again, uh, on the Wings of Aniamas, uh, that's another one that was critically successful, but financially at the time, did not do gangbusters at the Japanese box offices either, so they had a history of doing really good stuff, but never quite made it financially. And now, you know, there's a thousand figures of Rei Ayanami dressed up in everything you can imagine. So that's where <laughs> so, that yeah. came from. They <laughs> anyway. were looking to cash in, and by God, they did. So, um, so yeah, I hate anime. And then there was the uh, How to Create Your Own Web Series panel, which I'm trying to remember what the name of the web series was that, uh, that yeah, ran I'm, that. I'm, I'm totally blanking. It was a sci-fi <sighs> series. Uh, we're not yeah. going to think of it. Again, um, it was a really good... I mean, this was a... Um, a series that actually did not super professional, uh, obviously, but um, they put a lot of work into it. They'd actually, um, you know, was actually. Oh, I found. Okay, I found my note in Evernote. Uh, it was by Head Games Entertainment, who did. I don't remember what the name of it was, <laughs> but um, I think they had. Uh, They'd either been looking at Kickstarter or doing Kickstarter. They had they actually produced a successful first run of these shows, and it was more about um, you know kind of the the ways you can cut corners, the ways you can um, you know to to organize your team and to get something out there, and uh, you know not necessarily something super professional, but just to get something out there, which was, it was pretty awesome. Um, Quick aside, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, congratulations to the Slants for uh, raising enough money to get their new van. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So it won't break down on them every other week. <laughs> yes. Including the last time they came to MTAC, it broke down on them, so. Yay for them. Anyway, continue. Okay, um... 
I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. Um, Charlie? Sup? Do you have anything else to say about the uh, web series? Nope. Um, I think you pretty much covered it. Also, um, yeah, and and also I played a game of uh, Battlestar Galactic and gaming, which honestly, usually I don't do gaming at cons because it takes up such a big chunk of time, but um, a cooperative game like that is really interesting for, you know, you sit down with like five strangers and... uh, Take your clothes off. No, um, but... It's it's an interesting experience, especially you know when the person you don't think is a Cylon turns out to be a Cylon. But you know, most of the people who had holistic turned out to be Cylons. Oh, gosh, actually, uh, it's Dylan who's the Cylon. It's true. No one's ever seen him without his skin on. That may just be because I can't take off my skin. That's exactly what you want us to think. I'm done. Yay! Okay, I think I've said all that I need to say about uh, Momocon. Woo! Moving on. Great. Now you guys can talk about MTech because I wasn't there. Woo! MTech was awesome. That well, we've already gone over pretty much all the details with. Basil, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was so. A- if there's any like high points or low points you want to hit, I guess. Um, it was our first year at the new convention center. Yes, which is a very nice convention center. It is a it is a huge improvement. Yes, and it they've there are a couple issues. Like I know some of the uh, dealers, or not the dealers, but the uh, people in Artist Alley had issues because they put one of the stages in Artist Alley, and Artist Alley was kind of uh, scattered over, I think, two floors. Um, so I think I think there's some things they're gonna do to kind of use the space more effectively, but they've got enough space to expand quite a bit. So yeah, oh yeah, um, and I'm hoping they'll sort of tweak the layout a bit. But for a first year uh, at a venue, I think it was really well done. Actually, the only issue as far as the layout for me was just how difficult it was to get well i mean not difficult so i'm probably just bitching for no good reason but you had to go through part of the dealer's room to get to the exhibition hall because they put the the way in on the far end of the room and you couldn't go directly into the most of the time you could not go directly into the exhibition hall because it was an exit only yeah um which was kind of that was a little weird and the exhibition hall, they they did some of the the panels and the uh, kaiju big battle stuff there. So, yeah, but, uh, it's a really good space. And there was, I mean, they were able to space everything out really well, so you never felt, you know, claustrophobic. I mean, there was you you always had room to move, which was just awesome. Um, so that part of it, I thought was really good. So the layout, for the most part, actually, is just having to go all the way around to get to to the exhibition hall. But other than that, um, I mean, it was just pretty good. Yeah, I don't remember too much of the in the way of panels, but I was working the media room for part of the time. So, you again, you can go back when when uh, Basil gets the uh, MTAC episode up. You can go back and. And actually hear us talking about the panels. Yes. Then, 
back when we remembered what what they were. <laughs> True. Like the only panels I remember offhand, the Ghosts of Japan and the Gods of Japan panels were, yes. were really excellent. Uh, I didn't catch who actually organized those. I hope they run them again. Um, I probably have something in my notes somewhere about who did them, but if I can find they my posted notes. posted about them. Someone on the forums posted about them, and, and it was a, I think it was a particular group that ran them. Yeah, yeah, it was. And they, they did just an excellent job, especially with the Ghosts of Japan. It's probably because, Holistic Gaming. Uh, a lot of the staff <laughs> at Holistic Gaming has been under a lot of the panels of them tech. I swear. <laughs> no. Um, but it was um, no, it was it was really good because it took a lot of the, a lot of that panel actually took the form more of just ghost stories. Yes. And uh, one in particular, I, I don't want to bring up just because if they do it again, just the the twist is awesome. Um. But I think I actually told the story on the awesome cast. So don't listen to that part. But um and then what else? Oh, that was the one where I ended up and this is this is why I uh seconded Dylan's don't game at conventions because you lose a lot of time. I went into a simple like learn how to play go panel and walked out three, three and a half hours later, not sure what happened. It yeah, it it sucked up a, a large chunk of that afternoon. But it was a lot of fun actually. Um uh, what else was there? The actually the how to run a convention, I don't remember if that was how it was called or what I don't think that may not have been what it was called. Um panel was really good. It was it was an interesting change because I'd actually been to the same panel in two thousand six at MTAC, which I think was that time was like getting on the bus or something with the bus because that was six period was their theme. And that was just Lucas talking about, you know, the ins and outs of running a convention and how you'd go about it. But it was more, I think the audience was more people who had not run conventions, but I might be interested this yes. time around. It was totally different because you had Lucas, but you know, six years later, um, Along with, I think it was Holly, Nico, Jess from MomoCon. Did uh, they have one of the SationCon guys there, or was so. that a different panel? No, I think so. Um, and a couple, I mean, they had people from several different conventions that were either con chairs or directors of something at conventions. And on top of that, most of the people that were asking questions of them were not people just interested in running conventions. They were either already running conventions or were in the plan actual planning stages of a convention that was going to happen. Yes. So yes. what they were asking tended to be very much more specific, um, either about specific situations that they had encountered, or, I mean, it was, it was much more on to the point and on the ball with everybody, I think. Yeah, but it was one of those, like, the... the 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 other style of 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 that panel like you're saying where you have people who've never run a convention that's all like wow wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and then a lot of the discussion here was like you know the ugly truth about how the sausage gets made like you know there, there's going to be it's difficult to deal with you know venues and vendors and you know there's some bargaining that has to happen there or yeah which there were a lot of interesting things that came up, especially with regards to organize or uh, negotiating a venue. Yes, 
that was actually some of the more interesting stuff, and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if MTAC stays on Easter for a long time. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that came up were, was that with, with uh, venues, their pricing – I think – how did Lucas put it? It was like a venue's pricing is like the wet dream of an ad man in an office. Oh, yeah, because there, there was a guy who was talking about – like he was going to start a con, and he'd gone to one of the hotels in the area, and they'd given him this crazy price, and it wasn't um, – I forget how he put it, but yeah, it was basically something like that where um, they were pricing it as if they'd priced a you know an event like a wedding reception or something like that. When in reality, you know, a convention is a different sort of beast. Yeah. I well, it's, it's, it's kind of like they, what they what he was saying was they they price it based on the most money they could possibly, you know, pie in the sky. I, it's almost like they're running on the assumption that, yeah, they're going to sell the venue space on this weekend, whether you yes. want it or not. So they're pricing it based on who, who they think they can get the most money out of. Yes. And that, that was just – and he said like, you know, any – every – you know, one weekend could be complete a completely different price to another weekend at the same venue. And from year to year, the same weekend could be completely different prices, like very different prices, except – that holidays tend to be fairly price stable, which is why I kind of wouldn't be surprised to see them stay on Easter for the foreseeable future. But there was a lot of interesting info like that that I'd never thought about. And, and then like how you sell room blocks at a convention and, you know, because I didn't realize that the convention gets a cut of that. I knew that – I think I knew that if they don't sell their entire block, they end up having to pay for the difference. Right. But I don't think I realized that they actually got a cut of the money from the rooms. It's not much but it's, in, it's, in the scheme, in the, in the grand scheme of things. But. It essentially brings the cost of your room down yeah. or your, uh, your attendance down. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, there, that was just a very interesting panel. And there was a bunch yes. of other stuff, but I'm, I'm sure that was probably on Basil's thing. So, overall um, – Oh, and it turns out that Cody Warhammer is a bear. He is, in fact, a bear. I'm going to start calling him. And we didn't come up with this one because I thought they started calling him like Cody Bearhammer. Nobody came up with Kodiak Warhammer. That's interesting. Do you know that he has changed his uh... – actually, I think there was a reason for this. Yeah, there I think was. His original account got hacked. Yeah, I was going to say, but he has changed his Facebook account name to Cody Joe Bear. Cody Joe Bear. It's been like that for months. I, I don't it know has why, been. We're, why we're just bringing this up now. Yeah, but. I think that's that, a, it's an interesting footnote. It should be yeah. Where Bear, there Bear. <laughs> and actually, um, the the Manpower show was actually really really good and really interesting. The way that Cody did percussion. Yes, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm. I'm not musically inclined enough or technically inclined enough to tell you exactly what he was doing, but he was basically playing drums with his fingers, like no drums, just fingers. But he had uh, something wired up. It was it was electronic drums, basically. Yeah, um, but it was. I mean, that was just genius. It's, yeah, and I actually got a chance to talk to because I don't always get a chance to talk to him for very long, but I actually did get a chance to talk to him for a little while. Uh, I think it was like Sunday morning when neither of us had anything going on. Um, he he holds a pretty good conversation. Mm-hmm. 
because we got talking about the, like the music industry and stuff. And I mean, he he knows I his shit. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't realize how like in the industry he was. I mean, as far as like what he's done. I mean, like he he has he's not just a musician. He has worked, I think, damn near anything you can do in the music industry. I, I think at some point in time or another, he has had as a job. So that that was a, it. Actually, makes for a very interesting conversation because he can give you a lot of perspectives. Uh, yep. Overall, very good convention, and 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 since as is normally the case, every MTAC is better than the last one. Um, I, I really think that next year will be excellent. Yeah, especially, I mean, now that they've gotten a chance to kind of, you know, use the um, convention center and kind of figure out how to use it right. Yeah, because you can get... Or how a, to use it better, I shouldn't say. Not well, that they used it poorly. Because you can, I mean, you can sort of guess at, like, traffic patterns and stuff, but until you've actually got people in the venue... With everything yeah. set up the way it is, you don't know where people. I mean, so you get a much better sense of how to lay things out. What's popular? What's not? Um, oh, and that was probably the best, uh, maybe the best awesome cast you've ever appeared on. Um. Yeah. That it really needs to be uh, heard to be. Yes. Believed. I, I will use the word drunk cast and and leave it at that. I think. Yes. I wish we could have gotten drunk Nico um, on that particular. We tried. We tried. I think he's smarter than, you know, to the average to, bear. Uh, I'm not even going to go there because that sounds like you're trying to put him in competition with Cody. and I am. I'm you know, most of, the people had, most of the people at Holistic are in competition with Cody. It's true. <laughs> Or, or they're trying to pick Cody against Nico. Let's 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 stop that joke so that Chad will actually, you know. I like to think every time we use the joke, there's a t- a single tear falls down. <laughs> You're a monster. Well, I'm sorry. I'm looking at his profile pic, and it just does not look pleased. I, I feel like he's judging me. Have you ever seen a picture of Chad looking pleased? No, you haven't. Well. But it looks like but it looks like he's looking down on me and judging me. Again, have you ever seen a picture of Chad not looking down on you or judging you? No, okay. you haven't. Oh. Most of the pictures of Chad at Holistic Gaming are of him looking <laughs> down at you and judging. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've heard that most of the people at Holistic have pictures Gosh. of Chad. Anyway, all right, so uh, is a that good convention? And yes. and I expect good things, and I am so hoping that Awesome Cast is drunk next year too. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they leave in and what they uh, leave out, uh, because <laughs> the person, the person who said the drunkest thing on the podcast is also <laughs> the one who will be editing it. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. The person who, well, l- allow me to add this one additional uh, disclaimer. Um, the person who will be editing the podcast is the one who got right up on the microphone and made it clip. So, you know. Yep. That was awesome. He's he's not ashamed of what he said. Um, oh, that so that was so good. He, uh, that is up for debate. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm we're, we're pushing the uh this is like the teaser trailer for the awesome cast. 
Just wait until we start talking about Hamicon. We're drunk at a convention. So anyway, Imtac. Um Quickly go over Pelican because I wasn't there for that either. I wasn't there either. Chat Nobody was. went to Pelican. Two people. Was that a record attendance for them? Two people. I yes. think. I think it was. Being as that was the only con Chad attended, I'm going to let him uh, talk. Talk about Why? Dick Pelican. <laughs> people who don't know who Dick Pelly is, that's fine. <laughs> they're, they're not going to. going to be. You'll have to Google him under Adolphus Dick Pelly. Yes. Uh, safe to say there probably was not enough Segway parking. <laughs> Go on, Chad. Well, what? <laughs> I don't know. What did you think of Pelicon? Yeah, fairly small, but it was a good, good convention. They've got some good local people doing panels, and, and that... Uh, I'm trying to think of the, I went to the panel done by the 501st, the Star Wars costuming group. That was from the 501 area code. I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> They're, the, the two guys they had were really, really knew their stuff and they, they did a, a really good job at, you know, clearing people out and the majority of people there in costume were ironically enough star wars people it isn't it is definitely a multi-fandom convention uh, yeah but at the same time they're really it, it's kind of hard to put it in the same uh, to discuss it at the same time as um you know some of the others like imtac because it's not it's not really fair. It's more of either in some, in a lot of ways, it's more of kind of a local kind of a local game day sort of thing than a convention. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is it is, it's held at uh Pellissippi community college in Knoxville, Oak Ridge, yeah. that area. It's not a, bad place to hold a convention but it's you know it's like one building on a co college campus that's out kind of um you know no they use two buildings but oh yeah that's most right. the students but that's what it is yeah it's mostly a rural area it's it, by the student group and that's, it's not a oh go ahead no go ahead no it's go not, ahead it's kind no, of go ahead it's kind of stuck off, like in, hard to find. Like I think if if they had better, um, you know, got got the word out a little bit better, it it has a lot of potential. One of the cool things that they did um, was they had some of the the professors actually do a um, you know panels on different things, uh, different like technical topics. Because I went to one about. Um, like green screen editing, and they basically took us down to the uh, the TV Paradise studio. City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. They, they took us down to the, the <laughs> TV studio they have in the arts building. They filmed a clip of one of the guys uh, who came to the panel, you know, and then they took us up to the Mac lab and set us down and, and walked us through, um, I think, both Final Cut Pro and 
after effects, like how to do the green screen effect. So, wow. You know, being, yeah, being on a, on a college campus, they have resources. Yeah. Like resources that you're not going to get from another con, but it, you know, it ended up being a very small convention. Um, I definitely like to submit a panel next year. Actually, to give you an idea of how sm- small it was, uh, the guys who did uh, Evil Quest, uh, which is an Xbox Live indie game, did a panel on Sunday, and I think it was like the three guys from Chaos Soft, and then um, me and Mike from Funkworks in the audience, and then like a couple other people. It was just an empty room, which is sad because it was a great great panel Sunday afternoon though nobody goes you know that's yeah, sun- Sunday is the the death day for any panel like if if you were a sci-fi show on uh, the sci-fi channel and you know you were gonna have a, a, a convention panel sci-fi would schedule you on Sunday or trick <laughs> question trick question if you're a sci-fi show on the sci-fi channel there is no safe block <laughs> Trick question. You wouldn't be there in the first place. True. You you know, unless you're ghost hunters or wrestling. That's... Trick question. Most of the people with a listic have appeared on sci-fi. It's true. <laughs> um, uh, on ghost hunters or uh, WWF. Yes. WWE, whatever it's called. WWFE. WWEMF. Right. I'm going to They're unbelievable. Now. So do we have anything to say else to say about Pelican? It was a thing that happened. It was a thing. What year are they in? Is that their first? No, they've done them before, haven't they? Second. I, yeah. It was Pelican okay. 2, The Revenge. It no, should have been Pelican 2, Electric Boogaloo. Or Pelican 2, The Thing That John and Charlie Couldn't Go To. Uh, Pelican 2, uh, most of the stuff at Listic, uh, didn't go to Pelican <laughs> 2. <laughs> anyway... So that 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 having wrapped up, uh, I think we only have one con left to talk about. Yay! Nope. Oh, wait, I thought I thought of another though. That one we went to in Knoxville, the, the dealer room convention. I thought yes. about that too, and I thought was that really a convention? But... Yes, it was. We will talk about it, but let's do the other one first. Yeah, let's do Hamacon because that one was cool. Because we haven't appeared on the Awesome Cast to talk about Hamacon because that would be too much like the Awesome Cast jerking off. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. I mean, it would be yeah. self-pleasuring. Um, You're right. You're so we we have to do the hard job and criticize Basil's convention. Um, yeah. I, I really can't think of anything to say bad about it. No, I can't either. Um, it's interesting because um, they moved it from the Holiday Inn where it was last year and where the AC was broken all the damn time yep. um, into the convention center across the street. A million times better. Yeah, and what was interesting was that it only took up, like, basically one one hallway. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, it seemed... It seemed to work out better than than last year, even though... Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Even though, you know, last year it felt bigger because it was in a larger amount of space. It was just much easier to get around and... uh, Yep. You didn't have you didn't get lost looking for anything. You didn't have to turn many corners. 
most i mean most of the thing most you know 75% 80% of the convention was down one hall with like registration the viewing room and maybe a couple tables that were around the corner there yeah it, i mean it was the layout was better the venue overall i think was a million times better cuz like the holiday inn to me like was always dark you know there was never sufficient lighting in the hallways the nice uh, thing about the Von Braun Center is, yeah, like the wing where it was held, there were windows all up and down. It just, just from the being in the Holiday Inn, because that's where we stayed, like it didn't seem dark so much as just enclosed. Yeah. The, it was. The only bad thing to say about the Von Braun Center was, um, like, the, I think it actually closes, so it makes it impossible for them to do. You know, twenty-four hour programming like MTAC does, but oh, because I I remember them like the Von Braun stuff. You know, trying to clear people out late one night. Okay. Yeah. Still though, other than that, that I mean, that's the only thing I can think of about the venue that that wasn't just awesome. Well, that and you know the concession stand, but you know that's that's just yeah. part and parcel. I didn't I didn't bother to give them my money. No, so. I didn't either. I gave my money to the vending machine in the uh, hotel that was attached to. Yeah, you yeah. could walk down the road about maybe a half mile, and there was like a checkers and a, a sub shop. Yeah, that there requires wasn't... walking. Fuck that shit, man. Yeah, who's gonna show of hands? Who's gonna walk half a mile for any of those I, things? I did. Nope. Well, I don't see your hand up. Well, but we're on Skype. Uh, did none I, of us have not, uh, webcams. Did I or did I not say show of hands? I was I'm raising very my clear. Hand. If you are not understanding what I am saying, that is your own fault. It was, it was not a bad place to go walk around because they have a, a nice little park there out in front of the Von Braun Center that is impossible to uh, navigate because there is only, like, two bridges across this stream, but... And don't cross the streams. Otherwise, it's... Because uh, bad things will happen. Von Braun Center is a nice place. I'm trying to think... Um, I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> well, because yeah. it's Alabama. And... and the I'm weather throw... actually uh, worked with us rather than against us this time, which was amazing. Yeah, it was such a difference from last year where it was... Like 105 degrees, and it hadn't rained in six weeks, and everything was brown and hot and dry. No, it was 70 degrees the whole damn weekend. Yes. Oh, and it turns out the best way, if you want to get somewhere in Alabama, the best way to do it is at night and have Heather drive. Because then you are going at least 85 miles per hour, and you don't have to look at Alabama. (laughs) Okay, now... I'm going to say, I didn't go last year, but Alabama scenery is not as bad as you guys made it out. It's the fact that there's nothing there, Dylan. There isn't. Unless you want to get raped. If you want to get raped in the backwoods, there are plenty of places in Alabama for you. If you want to hear banjos... We were know. not in the backwoods. There's also we were, meth. We were close enough. It's not just rape. There's also meth in Alabama. See? You can be meth, meth raped. See. Dylan loves being meth raped. Um... That explains why he lives here. Yep. Fact. But, um... Y'all are just city boys. Wait, that didn't yeah. help my case. <laughs> no, oh. it didn't. Congratulations. If you tell me I have a purdy mouth... Uh... No, you don't. You're just... You're just what? Oh, whoa, well, my mouth is ugly? You bitch. See, 
Here's the thing. No, I don't want to see your thing. Not no, no, not again. Walmart does not mean it's out in the middle of nowhere. Or I think mean that's a bad thing. I think Dylan's more likely to be on the other end of the... Never mind. That's how it begins. Anyway, so Hamacon all, all, all around so much better than the previous year. Yes. Um, um, not that I, last I'm year was not, terrible. Well, that was Alabama's fault, but... I'm not just saying that because uh, this time I really did get one of the guests at the convention. That Which is true. Awesome. And we got to some of the better... I don't know, we had two very, very good interviews. Oh, at, yeah. At the well, you know... It's not really an interview so much as including a guest on a round table. True. It, no, it wasn't round. There were two tables. One was square, one was a rectangle. But we were sitting in a circle. And there were some jerks there. Well, I wouldn't talk about Micah like that. Well, someone had to. Yeah, true. Hey, he brought you up on his Geek Out panel. Yeah, that was really weird. Was, that was amazing. I th- I really think it was because I was sitting in the front row and I brought up Legend of Korra. I really what? think that's why he brought me up. But well, that, that... And you sat there and talked with him on the whole damn round table, so you know he knew... Yeah. Yeah. That uh, wow though, that was so much fun. Like it, it freaked me out when he first asked me up there, and but it that was just a lot of fun. I just hope I didn't I uh, uh, do anything to to insult Micah because I started. There came a point where I think a, a switch flipped, and he went from "Oh, this is a guest at the convention" to "This is one of my friends," which means every other sentence I say should be some <laughs> sort of sarcastic insult. Uh, but that makes it entertaining. That then you have banter. Um, yeah, Bruce, but that ban- was Bruce banter, mild mannered uh, <laughs> scientist. But when he gets angry, I don't know. He becomes a raging asshole. <laughs> and that's not the kind of asshole you want. No, you have, you have to go to the doctor for that one. But um, but that yeah, that one. I mean, Hamilton was just so much fun. I mean, we got to we got a, the the interviews that we got with uh, with Jessica and Micah were just amazing. Well, that was like the eight thousandth interview I've done with Jessica, and I just let Basil yes. run it, and then Basil started you know turning it into one of those. Uh, Jim Rome, um, you know, Bill O'Reilly kind of fat <laughs> journalist interviews. It wasn't like, at least was Bill O'Reilly is focused. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Basil forgot who he was supposed to be attacking. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be attacking anyone. And then he went, oh, Dylan's there. I'm gonna get him. It was awesome. Yeah, he he went I'm from making he, he went from asking Jessica a question that she didn't know how to answer to picking on Dylan in zero seconds flat. The <laughs> that uh, that interview, and again, I'm this is a teaser trailer, I guess, for for an awesome cast episode. If you listen to that interview, like the question starts out where I think he's going to say something really hurtful, and then he kind of turns it around so that it's not. Yeah, I think that's what it was. He realized that Jessica Strauss was sitting right there beside him, and he was doing an interview. He's like, oh shit, I better change up the question. <laughs> oh, so, you know, we should call this podcast Pimping Awesome Cast, because I think that's what we've basically done. I think we will call it, um, what was the title of the email? Uh, con Artists. Con- I thought it was Conquest. 
Maybe it was Conquest. I don't know. Conquest. I like seven different names for this episode. Yeah. Conquest slash pimping awesome cast. But but Conquest to search for more awesome. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I like it. Ratified. No wait. Seconded. Thirded. Fourth. I think the job's done. Yep. Basically, um. We ended up being uh, Basil's entourage, which I, I that's think that's what we were known as for the in- entirety of the convention from like we, day zero. We I, were which which I'm okay with staff, except we didn't have to do anything. Which means I think next year I may like uh, bug Basil and go like, "Hey, I can't make it down for the volunteer meeting, but um, can is there anything I can do?" To offset the weight of of your guilt, I don't know. I mean, you that know, sort of te- Technically, I was you know part of guest relations. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was my staff title. <laughs> can I be part of guest relations and be abusive toward the guests? No, you can't. No, you you have to come to the man. But no, so, I, yeah. I, sp- I spent a lot of time threatening every person in Alabama going door to door saying, if you mistreat Jessica Strauss, I will strangle you. And I know that there's nothing out here in Alabama, so I don't have to worry about getting caught. Yeah, that took a lot of work. There's there's no law in being Alabama. In Alabama. Um, but, but yeah, it was. Um, I, I mean, they really went from like like the first year. I was like, OK, this is an uh, this is a this is a good, decent convention, but it's in Alabama. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going for Basil. Um, it's a longer drive than both Nashville and Atlanta yeah. leave. But this year, I, I really think they just stepped up their game to such an extent that it is a convention that I would actually want to go back to. You know, yes. there, there's another thing that I wanted to make sure to mention, and this is the first time in years that I've gone to a ton of panels at the convention because they're just all the same damn thing. I'm sorry. A lot of them are. You know, I, I hate I hate to burst people's bubbles, but every fan panel is the exact same, same thing. Regardless, thing. Of, regardless of what the, the the source material is, every fan panel plays out the exact same way. This this, this is, is why we're reluctant to do panels at anything other than GMX, where we can kind of do podcasting panels because I don't want to do a, a fan panel. I just don't. Well, yeah. I think we. I think. Subject panels are one thing, but fan panels just are not good. Is you know, if the majority of panels or a, a good number of panels are fan panels. There are there are other panels that fit into other places, but I think, especially at conventions where we see a lot of fan panels, the reason we don't do panels is we think, oh, we have to fit in this nice little box. But that's a tangent. Go back to what you were saying. Um. But I, I really have to give um, credit, I think, at least in part, to uh, to the guests like Jessica and Micah. And uh, I'm not sure whose idea the radio drama was, but I know like the two of them and Todd were all involved in that. But they did some really great sort of evolutionary voice actor panels, hmm. um, which... You know, a lot of this depends on the actor and how comfortable they are with doing it and how much work they want to put into a panel. Um, but, you know, they did things like the radio drama, which, mm-hmm. you know, it was non-anime related. Um, it was like a, you know, like an old school 40s radio drama kind of thing. Um, and then there was... 
uh well this was this was greg wickers um who who does game shows at a lot of different anime conventions but he did like uh anime password where he had the guests on there um i've got to compete on that that was that was really fun um mm-hmm. but then you know micah had his geek out panel and uh, jessica had that uh, auditioning panel which is awesome good and what's funny about those is i feel like i i saw both the uh both jessica's and micah's uh voice acting q a panel and it felt like in some cases they were either struggling to stay on topic or to kind of you know, get enough questions because they were kind of boxed into talking about voice acting, especially like Micah was like, well, I could go off on this tangent, but this is a voice acting panel. So I'm not. And and those, those panels really let them kind of share more than with con goers than just the usual, you know, well that no one questions. has ever gone to a, a a voiceover panel has come up with an interesting topic in the last five years. So true. Yeah, it's all hey, can you say the line from the show? Yes. Fuck you. Fuck you, people at those panels. If you're listening, you're part of the problem, <laughs> and I'm coming. I think for we're you. just all. I I have a very particular set of skills that I have acquired over a <laughs> I am long career. If, if you just sit down and come up with an interesting question or don't say anything, we'll be fine and that will be in the, the end of it. But if you get up there and ask them what shows they've been in or to say a line from a show, I will find you and I will kill you. Here, here's yes. the thing we can we can hope. These people will grow up like they we won't. did. And at some point they're going to realize how bad this is. And I don't um, know. It's, I don't, I, we need I, I, to teach it, them well. I we disagree. need to feed them on our dreams. The I, ones they pick, the ones they'll know. About. I hate you. I just think it's a matter of age. I think it's just having gone to enough conventions. Well, it's not just that. It's the fact that anime fandom uh, has gotten younger than it was when I, uh, you know, used to be an old man thing. Now it's a teenage girl thing. Yeah, I won't say an old man, but definitely like older. It, it, as it it's gone like more mainstream, the diversity has, has gotten larger, and the the types of fandom has changed. And, and plus, we kind of came in; we didn't start going to conventions until. And I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing that the anime fandom has expanded. I'm just saying that that's that's part and parcel of why we have, you know, some of the issues we do. I don't know. I've having having been able to say that I have been going to conventions since like a long damn time ago. Um, what five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 11, 12, like sixteen, seventeen years? I've been going to conventions, and I've gone to a lot of conventions and all, and several different fandoms, like just more strictly comic book conventions, more strictly literature conventions, media conventions, anime conventions. They've all like to me, the demographics change between conventions, but the demographics don't necessarily change all that much between years. Right. Like I really like if I went to, I really think for the most part, because uh, well, like Dragon Con went from '96 to 2000, didn't go again until 2007. To me, 
the the demographic had not really changed. That well, that type of convention draws that type of demographic. Drag, Dragon Con is different though than than an anime convention. That's going. Yeah. You know, multi fandom is generally going to be a little bit older. But I mean, yeah. like the comic book conventions tend to skew more male, more and older. The literature conventions even more. So. I mean, each con- each type of convention has a demographic, and what I'm saying is that. Between years or even over a span of years, I've not really seen the demographic change in a convention subset. You know, like comic book conventions from 10, 15 years ago, the demographic's about the same at comic book conventions now. Yeah, but that is not true for anime conventions. I don't know. I I really have not noticed a lot of change. Well, we we started going after the Switch happened, though. I mean, we started going in, like, the mid-aughts, you know, like, 05, 06. you know, I'm I'm talking like, you know, '90s, you know, early 2000s stuff like that. I mean, you know, Adult Swim, Inuyasha, you know, kids growing up with Toonami, and when I mean kids, I mean you know, not like they were in high school, but I mean like they, that was literally their Saturday morning, you know, after school cartoon block kind of thing. Um. That that gave rise to a much younger demographic. Yeah. And then Hitalia happened, and frankly, I'm going to go back in time and murder whoever okayed. I think uh, I think the change over. started happening long before Hitalia. Like, well, before Hitalia it was it, or Fruits, High School uh, Club. Before that, it was either Fruits Basket or something. It was before it that. Was Inuyasha. It was, and it was probably something before Inuyasha that we're just not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, really, before Inuyasha, as far as like the young girls uh, demographic, it was like Sailor Moon. But most of the oh, girls it, that watch Sailor Moon growing up are now like in their mid to late twenties. So. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Hamacon. Loved it. Um. Yeah. I, mean, I was gonna say though, a couple of the the panels I went to, um, I went. They had a uh, sake tasting, which actually. Um, there's always issues with these, especially in like a convention center. No, Dylan, or... that was Basil's room party. <laughs> no, this. <laughs> no, no, this was an actual panel. There's always issues with those because food-based panels, because you're like because um, venues don't necessarily want people to bring in food. Um, but they you know, actually people from Holistic brought in. <laughs> Thank food. you. They paid like <laughs> was um, like that. it was like it was a, it was a ten dollar charge. Um, the 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 Von Braun Convention Center brought in like bartenders and stuff, and they actually had like a sushi buffet kind of thing with it. Holy so, crap! Yeah, I mean it was it was really nice, and and the people running it knew their stuff. Um, Trying to think what else. Uh, they did. They there was a uh, beginning Japanese panel, which was more about how to begin learning another language than it was the language itself, which was pretty. But neat. it was pretty interesting. That was though the one panel room that needs to be fixed for next year. Yeah, I, I hate to say that, but it was. And Basil ended up with a panel in that room too. And that yes. was they just had walled it off with like a six foot high, you know, seven foot high wall from the dealer's room. So unless the presenter was very loud and very clear, it it was a little hard to make out everything over the the dealer's room. Yeah, 
but they, they kind of set it up where there was a uh, panel space in the front and then there was actual workshop space in the back. Yeah. And one of the dealers, I forget who it was that did like a lot of craft related stuff actually ran, I want to say three or four panels where you'd come in and you would make something. And mm. I didn't go to any of them, but I thought it was pretty cool that they had that. So, yep. Hamacon awesome. Yes. Uh, little Knoxville Convention. What was the name of it? Uh, uh, Knoxville Comic and Anime Convention. Uh, yeah. Also known as Knoxville Comic and Anime Dealer Room. Pay $5 to get in. Yeah, I think um, part of the problem there was, um, and I found this out when I actually went in and looked at like the table where they had a bunch of flyers. I think the same company runs that convention and then like two other conventions. It's definitely a for-profit convention. Oh, that's a shame. So, though I have to say, I mean, it wasn't a bad. I mean, it really wasn't like poorly put together or anything. The really the biggest issue I would have with it, the space was there wasn't enough space. Like, really, it could have it could have it could have benefited from a from a slightly larger venue. And, and uh, the fact that like their one major guest, uh, regrettably, wasn't yeah. able to show. Which again, you know, not their fault. Um, no, something came not up. Re- yeah, not really her fault either. Um, it, it, Tara Strong was supposed to be there, but yeah, um, she had to cancel because of the new uh, Teen Titans series. Yeah, if you've not heard Tara Strong, uh, you've definitely heard her because she is in everything. Go Google that shit. And they yeah. actually. They had a number of, like, they had a couple of people who played zombies on The Walking Dead. They had a couple yeah. of people who write. Um, Dylan, Cunaha Corner has on their podcast people who are zombies on The Walking Dead. It's, I know. It's, it's, it's not that hard to find one. It's, it's a thing I you do. I, I understand, like, what they were. They, they were, I think, again, they were trying to bring in yeah. guests, but. But now, I have to say, though, the, the cool thing was from, and again, I have not independently verified a lot of this but um from the stories i have heard tara strong did a did some did the the con goers a solid or two yeah she did as a result um the one that we heard about i guess at the convention was something about you could actually mail her yeah or she, ma- her, she announced her, it on twitter okay yeah, yeah mail stuff to her and she would sign something. The actually one of the cooler ones, and I've seen this in several, I've seen this story reprinted a couple of times, though again, um, not independently verified it. But the way I heard the story, and I may get a few details wrong, is that after she canceled, which was pretty last minute, this lady on her Facebook uh, account had said that she she just wished she had known before she'd bought the the thirty dollar VIP ticket where you get to you know spend more time with the get meet actually you know really meet the guests because um, her son really wanted to see Tara Strong and the version I heard the the kid's disabled and um, Tara actually called the kid up and had a had a conversation with him and like you know if 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 there were any characters he really liked she'd do the voices um i mean it was from what i've heard i mean it was just really really cool of her to do that so if if that is true and and that kind of seems in keeping with something she'd do um that is really cool yeah, I, I've got if yeah if that is the case, I've got major major respect for her. So I really hope that she, 
she comes to a convention in this area again because I would really like to or well comes to a convention in this area because I would really like to meet her. But the the convention stuff went out in the dealers room was actually kind of cool because there were I mean there, I thought that there was no there was nobody that had there wasn't you know an overabundance of one thing except like, for bootlegs. There were yeah. a lot of bootlegs. Yeah. But other than that, the vendors had the people in the dealers room had a, a decent variety of things. Like there were, you know, some people that did comics, or some people that did action figures, some people that did anime related stuff, different times of anime related stuff. Um, so you had a good mix. Like I said, it just needed to be a little bit bigger so you could space stuff out, and the air needed to be working. But yes. I found a ton of GI Joes super cheap, so I'm I'm and very. It needed to not be on Cedar Bluff. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a local-ish concern. So, I was going to say, Knoxville doesn't have a lot of great convention space from what yeah. I understand. But still... Um, great mid-size. I know we've got like the yeah. convention center and stuff like that. But I, it's, it's one of those conventions that if they did it again, which if it's a for-profit company that does conventions in different places, this may be a one-off. Uh, I think they've done this. No, I mean, I think there are like three major locations. I want to say they did this last year because I remember reading something about it. Okay. Um, so I don't but know. I thought it, yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of neat, and you can only get, you know, to get in for five bucks, it's not, that's not too shabby because we're, the conventions we usually go to, you know, are a good bit more expensive. Um, yeah. And it's nice to be able to, you know, go up in a day because you live within an hour of the convention. That does not happen very often for us. Although, that is um, Anime Southeast is about an hour from Knoxville. True, true. So, we, I mean, we're, we, and Anime Blast uh, Chattanooga is about an hour from me. Right. So we've got, a, there, there are a few that we've been able to go to. Uh, but as far as the ones that we've been doing since doing the podcast, we mostly drive a bit for those. So it's kind of cool to just go up for an afternoon, look through everything and then okay, we can we can go back now. We can we can do other stuff with our day, which we did. Exactly. So that was that was actually pretty cool. So it was one of those things if they did it again, I mean, it it there's room for improvement, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. But I think I think the at its core it was not a bad convention. Yeah, it's it's one of those that and I I don't know anything about this. I just went there, but considering it was mainly guests in a dealer room i don't know how much like you know you say there's room for improvement i don't know how much they're going to change because that's what they're providing and that's what people are are well for me it's for me it's mostly the venue the space yes okay well it's one of those things if they're selling vip passes for you know what's supposed to be a three-day event you know there needs to be something to do for three days good point yeah, if you're going to be a multi-day convention, you got to have several days worth of stuff. Because, you know, from what I could see, there wasn't. And, yeah, and basically the dealer's room. Yeah, if you were just going to do the dealer's room and guests, you could do it all in half an afternoon. Basically. Yeah. Well, I think I, th- I think it's fundamentally a different type of convention. And we're we're thinking of things like, you know, MTAC and all and, and Dragon Con when we, when we go there and they're Clearly, they don't seem to be trying to do that. So, like I said, I, most I don't of my beef is the with the, with the spacing because it was a little crowded and hot, which is something yeah. that even if you're if they are what they are, that's still something that that needs improvement. Well, I, unless you're saying they're the kind of convention that because doesn't of what give a shit. 
Yeah, is that what you're trying to say, Dylan? I well, yes. Well, more or less, I'm trying to say like they have no reason to like giving, putting in panel rooms doesn't. I, I'm not sure. You know, if if all you're doing is bringing in guests and bringing in dealers, I'm not sure there's any advantage to bringing in panels because you know multiple panels. I think they did have a panel room somewhere. Um, yeah. You know, expanding is not really what – it's not what you want, and it's not necessarily going to bring in more um, – um, uh, More attendees? Yeah. More, more people from Holistic? More people. Because uh, most of the people who worked at Holistic did not go to Knoxville Comic Anime Con. This is true. I've heard that. Yeah. Independently verified. I think there were actually four panels on Saturday and four panels on Sunday, and a lot of them were uh, run by Holistic. <laughs> I, swear. <laughs> I swear. Hey, they made they made the pretense of having panels, so we can criticize them if, for... if they need more panels. If they didn't have panels, we couldn't criticize. I know. Them. I just spent like twenty minutes threatening to murder. Uh... You know, people who, who asked dumbass questions at panels and, uh, you know, talked about how I never wanted to do a fan panel. But maybe they should have more fan panels. So, actually, there was a My Little Ponies fan panel. I brought up the website. Oh, well, never mind. And, uh, that sucks. Did we just lose Chad? I think we did. I, don't I think he got mad at us and left. Yeah, around the 8th or ninth holistic joke. I think he <laughs> I don't started think to take it personally. Has... I don't think it occurred to him that we weren't making fun of him. We just thought what he said was really was funny. funny. Yeah, I think I think there is a uh, there's only a hair's difference between the two, and sometimes it is not something that can be perceived by the person who is saying it. So so says Dylan, who is exactly the same as the Chad. target of the joke. No, what it is is that you know you can either be the butt of the joke and know that you're the butt of the joke. And either be affected by it or just let it roll off your back. Or you can have been the butt of the joke enough times to where you start to perceive that you're the butt of the joke even when you're not. Yep. And uh, having having gone through the whole progression from childhood on, there still comes a point where you have to just let it roll off your back. One way or the other, whether they mean it or not, you're just going to have to go with it. Though in this, in, in, the Skype call is the way you let it roll off your back. Yes. And in this case, official answer, uh, that was not making fun of Chad. If anything, it was making fun of Dylan. If anything, it was just a running gag, and Charlie and I love a good running gag. Wait, was it making fun of me? Oh, wait for it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Everyone remembers it. Um, or it could just be his call dropped. <laughs> I like how we're speculating. I think, I think he muttered something about I'm going to drop off of here and then dropped off, but he said like while someone else is talking and he said it really low. So uh, I, I think I think he rage quit on the podcast. I was gonna say unfortunately he only went to one convention out of the, the four and, and honestly we need to get better about like uh possibly recording these episodes at the convention or after, but usually Usually we're guests on the awesome cast, so and that takes care of it. Or we're that going, or we're going to room parties, or you know, we're hanging out with the guests, whatever. Uh, Maybe that was just Tamacon. Standing around awkwardly at room. No, I've I've stood around awkwardly at room parties 
twice this year at conventions. Wow, that's a new personal record. It is. Um, Amazing. It is, because that's what I do at room parties. Dylan, you should just drink more. No. 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 Yes. Uh, if he did, there'd be no distinction between him and Devin. Nope. That's, that's the only thing. That and the beard. Are the no, here's the, here's the thing. Like, I can't... He'd be walking around going, I love my brother. I can't <laughs> do this. Like, the, the amount of... Um, I don't get much of... As far as how I take alcohol, like... By it's kind of this, like, <laughs> Intravenously. You know, for a while, <laughs> it, it, it becomes a benefit. Like, yes, there is, uh, you know, I feel better. I'm, I'm, uh, I have fewer inhibitions. It's kind of that social lubricant. And then I hit a peak. And after that peak, I'm terrified that, you know, of what's going to happen to me. You know, I'm dizzy. I'm, you know, like, I haven't even gotten to the point of actually being buzzed, according to certain people. Devin. It's terrifying. But at that peak, the benefit I get is is not near enough to justify... Dylan? Co-pilot. To change it. Co-pilot. <laughs> yes. Co-pilot. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, alcohol is not... Uh, it's not, I don't, it's not the answer. Better. It's the question. Yes is the answer. Um, True. I don't now me I don't drink because then a lot of hookers would probably die. <laughs> I am doing I, I I am doing all the hookers within a You're fifty mile radius of me a very a very good service yeah. in not true, killing them. True fact, uh, most of those staff at Holistic uh, do all the hookers. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Uh, so do we I, have any other uh, cons to talk about? Any sort of wrap up about? We've been doing this for like an hour and a half plus, so I sure to God hope not. Yeah, we better be done. <laughs> um, uh, I was gonna talk about the three, but we've run so long that I'm just not even gonna bother with it. Uh, well, I'll just I'll just sum up by saying Nintendo is screwing the pooch before our eyes with the Wii U, uh, because they are introducing a console uh, with games that give you no reason to want to buy a new console and that could have come out on their old console. I, I, I'm going to say this and, and I don't want to get into too deep a discussion but I've, I've seen some people very happy with what Nintendo gave. That's because they are always happy with what Nintendo gives them. And they I, are I th- happy with the feature that Reggie fils has chosen for them. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think like the, the, the takeaway from this E3 is none of the game companies did well. Nope. Unless you were a fanboy. And then, like, then you're talking about Superbook. I mean, Wonderbook, or where the fuck it's called. <laughs> oh, I and thought that go, go go look up Superbook. I saw the tweets on that, and I thought it must be a tablet because that's the only thing that made sense. And then nope. I found that it was not. No, and it's then... like the Eye of Judgment, and it's gonna fail just as badly. I don't care how many books J.K. Rowling puts out. It actually, like, from from what it said. From what it sounded like, since this is something that could be presumably used by multiple games, it makes me think of the 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 Rob the robot for Nintendo or the the Power Glove or or I think it was the Enforce, like one of those things that you only used for like two games, but had so much more potential, but only got used for two games because. You developers know. don't develop for it. Just like they didn't develop for that uh, GameCube, uh, Game Boy Advance technology that they're rehashing for the Wii U. 
Oh, um, that, that's unfortunate. Asymmetrical gaming has already happened. Uh, Nintendo already sold it to you, and it was called <laughs> Pac-Man Versus. <laughs> it's a real thing. Nintendo already sold it to you. It's a real thing. I already own it. already know what they're selling. Not just that. Like, What are you buying? What are you selling? Like, yes. I'll that... buy it at a high price. That was a good example, too. There, there were a handful of good examples, but they were not easily used. You know, like, it was not an easily used technology by developers. Well, you know, again, you know, they're like, well, you know, Nintendo did well with the Wii. Well, they started to do well with the Wii, and then developers didn't develop for it either. It's going to be the same story that we've had for, you know, the last uh, 15 years with Nintendo, where, you know, nobody's developing for them anymore. They, you know, they're, they're forcing these ideas out there, and nobody's interested. They want to make another Call of Duty. They want something that they can make year in and year out and make a profit off of. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, though, I have to, I have to give them uh, the some respect in the sense that, um, you know, they're doing this. They, they, they take a few more chances, I think, with their consoles than maybe the others do. But it's interesting to see. Um, at least in the case of the Wii, at least, that they kind of forced the other uh, consoles to follow suit in in certain respects. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah. if even if even if it didn't pan out as well as it could have, and I, I guess they, I mean, they still did all right on it. Um, you know, at least with the Wii, it sort of advanced the technology a little bit further. It tried something that had that had been hinted at at previous things but they took it they spun it a little bit differently they did a decent job of it and then the effect and then you could see the effect that it had in that then PlayStation and Xbox suddenly started trying to develop things that mimicked what the Wii did yeah i think they definitely have a place in the industry but as far as my my major sticking point is not that I I'm against them trying to innovate. It's the fact that they need to innovate in and think of developers while they're doing so because I don't yeah. think they do a very good job of that. Because and because it comes out in the fact that they don't get support for their consoles. Yeah, no, I yeah. can agree with that completely. Well, like I said, they have a place in the industry, kind of spurring on change, but I don't think. They're ever going to do it in such a way that they're going to be an industry leader, and that's yeah. unfortunate. But that's just kind of the way it works. Like they have this niche. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the the. I don't know. It's like the Wii was almost right. You know, they got they got some things right, but not enough. Uh, evidenced by the fact they couldn't get as many developers on board as I'm sure they would have liked. The Wii U, I think, is going to be a similar case in it. Okay, I like where you're go. What you, I like, I like the idea you started off with, but at some point down the road, you may have taken a wrong turn. Yeah, and in in fact, like the the Wii is a good example where, you know, the console generation where it came out, like you had huge, uh, huge leaps as far as like online multiplayer and dashboards, you know, console dashboards, and you saw that with the Xbox, you saw that with the PS3, but you didn't see that with the Wii. They were still stuck with friend codes and this kind of awkward... And they're still using friend codes, by the by. Yeah. Yeah. Because Nintendo, they get online. 
And by get, I mean, you know, they don't get like they get it at home. Yeah, they don't. They don't need. They don't need that shit pushed out. They that, get it at okay, home. this should Nintendo's uh, their their marketing phrase should just be almost but not quite. That that should just be the slogan that they run the company by, because that 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 is essentially sums up their product for quite a while. You know, almost great, ah, uh, not quite. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna not add anything more to that since uh, we've already been going for an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah, and plus Dylan's missing the start of True Blood, so we better let him go. <laughs> I don't want to watch horrible people theater. What, what will those shirtless vampires do next? Are they shirtless? I'm assuming so. Yeah. Both male and female because it's HBO and like that seems to be like, hey, we're HBO. We can show sex scenes and nudity. Awesome. Let's put it in everything. Oh, and quick shout-outs because Jen told me about this uh, HBO series that's coming out that has Olivia Munn and Sam motherfucking Waterston. Really? Yes, yes, I read something about that. What it's like is a, it? About a newsroom? Yeah. I That's I don't weird. care. You have me at the words Sam Waterston, Olivia Munn, let's fucking go. And since it's HBO, that means you'll see Sam's boobs I hope like so. every other episode. I hope I'm, so. I'm hoping to catch say. him and or Olivia Munn naked. Possibly them doing each other. That would be the optimal situation for me. Sam Watterson bending over Olivia Munn and just going to town. You have a rich fantasy life, and I appreciate I, it. I'm I'm going to tweet this episode at Olivia Munn once we get it up. <laughs> oh, oh, you you need to um, you need to listen to it and figure out what the exact point where we start this discussion is. And tweet like, listen to. Uh, I will. I will. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just gonna forego the the lead up to talking about the show and just tell her, okay, listen at this point where I start talking about Sam Watterson doing her. Just, oh. just so that's the first thing she hears, and I get it in her head, and she, at first she's like, oh no, that's a terrible idea, and then she starts thinking about it. And she's like, yeah, that could that could work on this show. It's I'm HBO. Gonna, and then I hope she gets really pushy and aggressive about it <laughs> with the writing staff and the production staff. She's like, no, this has to happen. And gets like really creepy about it, like it's following Sam Waterston around. Yeah. Because what we're doing is definitely not creepy. Not yet. <sighs> not yet. We're just talking. We're not doing anything. Yeah, it's true. All right. <sighs> Well, yeah, we're, before we hit the two-hour mark and yeah. people have, have long since gone on and done other things. We should probably uh, split this into two episodes. Nah, nah, that's work. Nope, that's work. Fuck that shit. Um, but uh, anything else anybody wants to say before Dylan goes to watch True Blood? Chad wanted to say something. Oh. Not going to watch True Blood. You know, I do hear that most of the people at Holistic wanted to say something, but... <laughs> well, they should have been here then. <laughs> Motherfuckers! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that would be a great sub or alternate title for this podcast. Most of the people at Holistic. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, I guess that that wraps it up for this exciting episode <laughs> of the yep. Chainsaw Buffet podcast. I really should ask Kylie Bear to do something, uh, dude. That'd be in awesome the, in the DBZ announcer voice. I'll have to pay him, of course. But so, do it. I, I'm I'm gonna start asking voice actors how much you know they, you know. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> it has it has to be people that we've already worked with though, because I'd feel yeah. weird about just asking like a random stranger to do. Uh, panels because they don't know us and that, but you know, I'm sure. I'm sure for most of them, there's kind of like a minimum level of work they want to, uh, you know, to take on a project. Right. But uh, you know, if they know us, they're probably a little more uh, willing to fudge that. Well, you know, especially if I'm gonna give them, you know, like say fifty bucks or something, and you know, at least that way they're like, oh yeah, I remember these guys. You know, they seemed all right. That would be cool. Instead of just, I don't know what's on this podcast. It could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> you know yeah. how much we've wanted one of those. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That takes me back. Yep. That's before uh, Seth MacFarlane took charge at Fox and started getting all preachy. Did you know, I did not realize this, he is apparently the highest paid TV producer in history. That does not surprise me at all because he has all the power at Fox. I think so. I actually uh, they the Sunday CBS's Sunday morning news program actually had an interview with uh, Seth MacFarlane. It was actually pretty interesting, but it went into like all the different stuff that he does, mm-hmm. and I, I do he fills out twenty four hours. I yeah, can... I, it's not that I don't respect him, you know, as as an artist. I just think he, you know, I know they're throwing tons of money at him, and it's tough for yeah. him to say no. But he needs to say no because you know. Every once in a while, yeah. Every once in a while. Right. No, I, 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 I need to not shove the same message down our throat because I'm tired of, uh, you know, Miyazaki doing it. You know, what, what you know, who are you, uh, Seth MacFarlane? Just because you think uh, Miyazaki can do it, you can do it too? You haven't earned what, oh, wait, I'm still <laughs> quoting family. Oh, wait, let's, let's just, let's end the episode there. Sounds good. Who do we want? Who do we need? All right, I'm hitting stop.